Wow. Hey, let's give it up one more time for Jesus is King, our creative team. That's awesome. So, 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 how many of you have heard Jesus King, Kanye West? Come on, this cultural phenomenon that has hit, that has kind of rocked the United States. Some of you haven't heard it. Let me just bring you up to speed just a little bit. Um, Kanye West released an album called Jesus King. It was more than an album. He released an album called Jesus King on October the 25th, 2019, just a couple of months ago, a month and a half ago. Immediately broke all kind of Billboard records. It went, um, it went all 11 songs broke a record because they all went into the Billboard Top 200 chart, right? So all of, most of them were in the Top 50, so it broke that record. It broke another record. It was at the top of five different charts. Songs from Kanye's uh, uh, album were at five different charts. There was an R&B and uh, R&B hip hop. I know you're wondering how I know that. Um, rap, uh, gospel, religion, and then also the top 200, the Billboard top 200. Over 200 million times, this song, uh, these songs from this album have been streamed um, from Kanye's album. Now, 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 if I'm if I'm honest, Kanye made me a, he made me a pretty cool parent because. One of my sons who's in college called me and says, have you heard Kanye's new album? I'm like, I sure have, sir. Pat myself on the back. Because if I'm honest, before that, I'd never heard any of Kanye's album. <laughs> and it's pretty amazing that it's called Jesus is King, isn't it? Pretty amazing that Jesus is King is the name of the album. Because Jesus is King wasn't the original name of the album. The original name that he was going to name it was Yanni, for whatever reason. I'm sure there's some reasons in there. was Yanni, but his, his wife, Kim Kardashian, by the way, inadvertently posted on social media, Jesus is King, this, and it became the name of the album. It became the name of the album. And why this is so important is because those three words began to take note everywhere. Watch. In the forum in Los Angeles, Jesus is King was placed on the top of the forum when Kanye performed there. Like normally that wouldn't happen, right? Um, at the Fordham Theater in New York, just off of Lincoln Center, Jesus is King was placed on the marquee there. Uh, Google reports that Jesus is King has, has Googled at more than at any time in history since the album was released. That Jesus is getting the glory, that Jesus is King is on the radio, it's on social media, it's everywhere because these are the three words that he used on this album. And I get it, right? Kanye, a guy from a checkered past, has some moral failures, has some behavior we may look at and say, I don't know about that right there. Kind of like everybody in the Bible that we see outside of Jesus. And what I'm grateful for is he just started the conversation. I'm grateful that he just started the conversation. Like, who would have ever thought that a great gospel conversation introduction would be, hey, have you heard the new Kanye album? Because nobody's getting offended by that, Right? And what a great opportunity we have to be reminded that Jesus is king. Listen, this is the Christmas story. Jesus is king is the Christmas story that the nation of Israel, God's people, were waiting for a Messiah, were waiting for a king, someone to release them, someone to give them freedom and hope and to reign over them in goodness and greatness. And God showed up at Christmas that Jesus was born. This is the Christmas story. And we need to be reminded that Jesus is king. Jesus is king. Jesus is king over Main Street. Jesus is king over Wall Street. Jesus is king over Rodeo Drive. He's king over Lombard Street. He's king over the Miracle Mile. He's king over Pennsylvania Avenue. Jesus is king. Right there is where you should say amen. Let's go. There you go. Like Jesus is king. And Jesus is king over more than that. Guess what? He's king over 1412 Orange Shoals Drive where I live. And he's king over your house and your address. He's king over your marriage and your uh, girlfriend or boyfriend. He's king over your finances and your problems. And Jesus is king. This is, the, this is the story that we have. What a great Christmas story that Jesus is king. But what kind of king is he? 
That's a good question, isn't it? Like, what kind of king do we have that Jesus showed up? What kind of kingdom is he running? What can we expect from him if we live in the kingdom of Jesus? We can, we can expect that Jesus is the king who brings light out of dar- into darkness. Jesus is the king who brings light into darkness. This is what he does. You know, this, this reminds me of a story, another movie that was made about a king that maybe you've heard of, The Lion King. How many of you heard of The Lion King? I wanted to give all you people who hadn't heard of Kanye West an opportunity to raise your hand. <laughs> like me. The Lion King, right? And there's a great quote. I actually have a picture of a couple of lions at my house right here, right? That's Allie and that's Charlie, the new, the new, the new lion, but that's not really the Lion King, right? We have the, the picture of Mufasa and Simba where Mufasa is actually giving Simba a little, a little advice and he's talking to him about being king because one day Simba's going to grow up to be the king and Mufasa tells Simba, Everywhere the light touches is our kingdom. Everywhere the light touches is our kingdom. And everywhere Jesus goes, he brings light and he brings his kingdom. Everywhere Jesus goes, he brings light and he brings his kingdom. One of the great prophecies that we have of Christmas is found in an Old Testament book, a book written by a guy named Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. It says this, the people who walked in darkness, what people? Any people. People who lived in that time, people who live today. People who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone, and that light is Jesus the King. I don't know what darkness you may be experiencing today. Maybe it's some dark thoughts. Maybe you have some secrets. Maybe there's some behavior where you're walking in darkness. Maybe, maybe, maybe something's happened to you and you want to tell somebody you haven't been able to. Maybe there's just some areas where you're uncertain about the future. I want you to know today, Jesus wants to bring light into your dark situation. This is why he came. This is why he came. So we're going to look at the story of John. John's kind of Christmas story. It's a little different. So if you have your Bible, grab it. We'll be in John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Hey, as you turn there, I'm going to give a little context. Now, John clearly, being a follower of Jesus, one of those who was close to him, wrote a lot of words about Jesus. And towards the end of what he wrote, he gives us the reason why he wrote what he wrote. In John chapter 20, he said, These things are written, this is written, that you may believe, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. So everything I write, every letter, every word, every sentence, every paragraph, everything is so that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And by believing, you may have life in his name. Like that's important to remember as we walk through this this version of the Christmas story. Now, this is not your typical Christmas story that we uh, read when, you know, in in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus and all that. It's a little different when he talks about the beginning. But in John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, he says this. In the beginning, that kind of reminds us of Genesis actually, was the Word. Now, let me tell you a little bit about this word, Word, okay? You with me? Everybody say Word. Word. All right. I knew you liked that, didn't you? Um, the word. What is the word? So what John is doing, he reaches into the Greek kingdom, the Greek culture, and he pulls them close because the Greek culture believed that the word was the rationalizing reigning principle of the, of the universe, a little bit like the force, right? So that's what Greeks believed. And so John just brings them in. The Jews believed that the Word was the creative, creating power, the reigning and ruling power of God Himself. So He brings brings the Jews close. 
And by using word, we know from what we read later, the word is Jesus. So we literally could insert Jesus here. In the beginning was Jesus, but he uses the word. So he says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So he's establishing the fact that Jesus is in the beginning. He's the creative principle. Jesus is the king, the ruling and reigning principle over everything, person over everything. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So he establishes that Jesus is in charge. Jesus is in control. Jesus is king. And then in in verse 4, he goes on to say, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Like, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And and life in John's context was just this idea of a full life. Right, This idea of a life that's overflowing, a life that's full of contentment, a life that's full of uh, purpose when we wake up, a life that's full of uh, the ability to make good decisions. You know, have you ever met someone, they're just life. You're around them, they just, they bring life to you. They make you feel better, they give you hope for the future. You just want to be around them. And then there's certain people who are darkness. In Jesus was life, and the way you get to that life was by what he's pointing to with his light. And he, he equates light and life. Because here's what we know, light always brings life. You, you have to have light to have life, don't you? Have you noticed this in the plant kingdom, right? You, you remember, in, remember in like ninth grade biology, we went, we went through photosynthesis. Remember this? You need to be reminded today? Photosynthesis, you know, the light shines, the plants soak it up, and there's something else crazy happens. And they take the carbon dioxide, they scrub it, and it makes oxygen. So we, we live. We have life because of light. And physically, Physically, we need light to survive. You know, when you get to be my age, you go to the doctor where they tell you you need vitamin D because you're old now and you need vitamin D supplements. The way you get vitamin D is through the sun, through light. How many of you suffer from seasonal affective disorder? Anybody in here? Right? It gets dark and rainy outside and you're just in a bad mood. Like it explains why everybody from London is just crotchety because it's just dark over there. Right? Listen, light brings life. We know this. And so what, what he takes his physical principle because it's a spiritual principle. And that's where John begins to go with his life and light. The world was made for his light. The world was made for his light. The first thing that God does when he creates, he says, let there be light. That's the first thing God, God creates. Everything was made for the light of Jesus and nothing else will satisfy us because we were made for his light because we have deep desires, deep purpose. We were made for him and by him. We will never be satisfied outside of him. Like, don't miss this today. And there's so many things that, you know, we think we're made for and by and pe- things that can bring us happiness, but, but eventually they're going to fall short. I was thinking about that this week. So Joey and I are friends. And, man, Joey means a lot to me and to, we, to each other and challenges me. And he's fun to be around. And he's a little crazy sometimes. But... The reality is I wasn't made by Joey and for Joey. So eventually there's a limit to what the level of satisfaction I'll get from that relationship. It's the same true when we're married. It's the same that's true of our kids. It's the same. You're not created for success by success. You're not created for sex by sex. You're not created for money by money. All those things eventually are going to leave us short. Have you ever said this? I can't wait for blank to happen. You ever said that? Like I can't. This happens at Christmas, doesn't it? I can't wait for some. How many of you are waiting for something cool at Christmas, right? I can't wait to get something. Like, ladies, how many of you are waiting for a new diamond ring at Christmas? I wanted to put that on record for you. You're welcome, right? You're welcome, right? 
Guys, how many of you are waiting for a Tesla at Christmas? Come on. Yeah, come on, right? So there's some things we wait for, but what ends up happening? We get that job, we get that car, we get that ring, we get that watch, we get that whatever, that vacation, and it, it just comes up short because we are not created by that and for that. And so what John is saying is you gotta have, gotta have the light of the world to have the life that you were created for. In him was life, and life was the light of men. Listen, light illuminates a path, doesn't it? Light shows you the way you need to go. Um, have you ever, you ever gotten up in the middle of the night or maybe you were in your house and it was dark and you thought you knew where all the furniture was and you found out you didn't and everybody in the house found out you didn't when you yelled, you lost a toenail, something like that. Man, light illuminates a path. I was reminded of this a couple of weeks ago when my, when my kids were in town for Thanksgiving and one of them took my truck and um, I called the police first and didn't find it. But now uh, I let him borrow my truck. And so when he when brought it back, I was in it the next day and I was driving and it was dusk. And as I'm driving, um, everybody is kind of blinking their lights at me. And so I'm thinking to myself, they're trying to help me out because there's danger ahead, right? Now I don't, I don't speed, so I don't need no help. But um, as I made a turn at the, at the roundabout at Birmingham Road and Hopewell, as I made the turn, the, the cars that were in front of me kept going straight. And I made the turn and I realized my lights weren't on. So I was driving without my lights on. It was dangerous for them and it was dangerous for me. Light illuminates the path. And listen, we need light in life. We need light to make good decisions. We need light to know what next step to take. We need light to stay safe. We need light to stay out of trouble. This is the kingdom that God wants us to live in because he is the king and he is the king who brings light into darkness. It, it guides us to safety. A friend of mine, when he graduated from high school, he went and spent three months in New Zealand. How awesome is that? That's the time to do it. No responsibilities, no job, no future either. But you go to New Zealand. <laughs> now, you should do that if you have opportunity. Um, he goes to New Zealand, he's there, and so one evening, it's, it's dusk, you know, a little later, they're out swimming in the ocean, and they lose track of time. And so he's out a couple hundred yards, or so he thinks, a couple hundred yards off of the beach, and he looks up, and it's dark. And he loses orientation, and he, can't, he doesn't remember which way the beach is. So there he is in fear and isolation. And so he begins scanning the horizon 360 degrees, just to find out maybe there's a certain direction I should go. And panic begins to set in. So he has to calm himself down just a little bit. And then he died and it was over. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> gotcha. So he's swimming, he's treading water. He's out there by himself. He's all alone. And he's just looking around. And off in the distance... He sees a small flickering light. Now, now, he doesn't know. He doesn't know if that light is further out into the ocean and it's a boat and he's not going to make it or if it's on shore. But the only option he had for life, to save his life, was to swim towards that light. And on the beach, in a small home, was a little black and white television that was on in the front window. And that saved his life. And Jesus wants to illuminate a path. We are in the same danger. We need the same help. And the light of Jesus illuminates our path.
In Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, this is my, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. If you've ever gotten a card from me, it probably has this on there. You make known to me the path of life. Like how helpful is that? In your presence, there's fullness of joy. Man, that's life, isn't it? At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Like this is the promise we have from Jesus the King who brings light into dark places. And he, he, he shows us the path and he gives us the joy that we've been searching for. Listen, if you crown any king but Jesus, you're going to walk in darkness. Listen, if you crown any king, let's put that up. If you crown any king other than Jesus, you will walk in darkness. That's the way, because we were created for the light that he brings. Now, verse 5 goes on to talk a little bit about darkness. In verse 5, it says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, darkness is simply the absence of light. Darkness is defined by light. Darkness has no definition of its own. It's defined by light. The world is supposed to be a place of light. That's how God has created it. So darkness is the absence of light. And nobody really wants to live in darkness, do they? Nobody wants to be in the dark. You ever had a group of friends, and they're having a conversation, but you're in the dark? That doesn't feel good. We don't want to walk in the darkness, darkness is scary. Darkness is lonely. Darkness is alienating. Nobody, we don't want to be left in the dark. Man, as a, you've never heard a little boy get off the school bus, run up to his mom and say, Mommy, Mommy, I'm afraid of the light. We're all afraid of the dark. Any, anybody here afraid of the dark when you were kids? Anybody? Think, think about the dark. Man, I, I was so afraid of the dark when I was a kid. It was embarrassing. Like I would be laying in my bed and I would have the covers pulled up just over my eyes and my nose so I could breathe clean air and so that I could see down the hallway, right? Because I was just afraid. There's, there's something about the dark that happens. You know, some people won't sleep with their arms hanging off the bed because they're afraid someone's going to reach up and grab it. Like I used to do this to my kids. I would sneak into the room before bedtime. I would hide under their bed. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> Ah, terrible. I'm sorry. The Lord forgives me. Shut up. No, <laughs> it was bad. My wife didn't know. Um, listen, there's something about the dark, right? It, it, like who thought of Monsters, Inc. was a good idea? You know, I mean, there's something about the dark where, where, where we don't know what's happening. It feels lonely. We are afraid. Um, you know, you know, we know that I mean, bad things happen at night. When, when, when electricity and power goes out in a city, the crime rate doesn't go down. It goes up. Some of you have seen maybe the movie The Purge. You've heard of this movie. I haven't seen it because I'm scary. But um, the movie basically goes, there's a 12-hour period where you, everything, is, um, everything is legal. It doesn't matter what you want to do, any crime, anything you want to do. You can do it in a 12-hour period. And it is not 12 hours during the day. It is 12 hours in the dark. Man, there's something about the dark that is scary. Um, it's funny. There was this funny little song that a guy named um, Eric Church wrote. He's a country music. I'm, I'm sorry about this, by the way, but it's just hilarious to me. He says this. He says, I killed my first monster when I was seven years old. He melted like butter in my bathroom's 60 watt bulb. Right. Just turn the light on, man. Everything was good. He goes on to say, I kept a three cell mag light from my daddy's workshop drawer under my pillow. I'd pull it out like a sword. He didn't pull it out to swing it. He pulled it out to turn on the light. Because light brings safety. Then he goes on to say, anymore when a restless feeling keeps me up at night, falling on my knees is my, two, is my new turning on the light. I keep my faith intact to make sure my prayers are said because I've learned that the monsters ain't the one beneath my bed. 
So we all know monsters aren't under our bed. That there's a darkness that, that isolates us, alienates us. It makes things seem true that are not. It makes things seem uh, appear that aren't really there when we're in the darkness. And the problem is not the monsters under our bed. It's the monsters in our mind. That this is the primary battleground for darkness. This is where darkness wants to reside so that we'll live lives in the darkness. You know, uh, there's a couple of ways that we all experience this. And I think primarily the place it starts is in our thought life. Have you ever had that thought that something bad was going to happen? Ever had that thought and as you played it out to its logical conclusion, it ended up in you or someone you know being dead or bankrupt? Or you're, you get a call from the doctor and you play the what-if game and you don't know what's going to happen. And we have this ability to be very imaginative. And if we're not careful, our thoughts can cause us to live in a darkness that isn't even real or that we don't have to live in. You know, just a kind of a personal example of that. I went to this period a while back. It's been just a few years ago, honestly. Is that, and this is, I think, a, a fear that I talk to a lot of people that, that people have. How many of you have ever been afraid that someone you love, a spouse, a child, a parent, is going to die? See, see that around the room? Like, a lot of people have had this thought. And so I went through this time period. I had this thought that Debbie was going to die or she was going to leave me. And, man, it was, it, it was nothing on her. Like, she is the most faithful woman I know, loves the Lord. Gave, I had no reason to think that that was going to even be true. It's just a thought that got planted in my mind. And I know this happens to some people. And it, I just began to play over and over in my mind. And here's what ended up happening. Because, because of these two thoughts, subconsciously, I was preparing for her to be gone. I was preparing for what life was going to be like when she was gone. However it was, she left. I was thinking about how the house was going to be, how lonely I would be, what the, you know, how I'd relate to the kids, what our finance, my finances would be. I began preparing subconsciously. And then one day I was just in my time with the Lord praying. and It was like he just showed me. He's like, you're just preparing for her to be gone. And so I didn't want to bring it up to her because it wasn't her fault. I didn't want her to feel like she'd done something. I didn't want her to feel like, what have I done? But... I bit the bullet and I said, hey, let me just talk to you about something. It's all good. I always start a conversation like that. But let me just talk to you about something. And I just began to share with her all these thoughts that were happening up here. And that fear, it just melted like butter. It's gone. And there's something about saying things out loud that brings the light of our king onto them that removes the fear and removes the darkness it removes the suspicion and the uncertainty when we say it out loud. And maybe that's you today. You've got some thoughts that you're living with, and you, you need to find somebody to say it out loud to. You know, another thing that we tend to live with that leads us into darkness is secrets. Secrets. A lot of secrets in this room. A lot of things that people are into, thinking about, processing, engaged in. For some, it's cheating. Man, anything from your taxes to your marriage. For some, maybe it's this slow burn of addiction. Started out with just one glass of wine, then it turned into two, then it turned into three, then it turned into prescription medication. And you don't want to tell anybody because you're, 
you're like the Christian mom who runs the class and takes everybody to church and head of the tennis team. And if I tell them it's embarrassing and they'll, I'll be ashamed and they'll ostracize me and I'll be lonely and isolated. You know, for somebody, maybe it's that you reconnected with that old flame on Facebook. You know, I was just connecting with my old high school friends. And it just begins to stir some feelings in there. And you begin to look that the grass is greener. And you're in the midst of potentially making the most devastating decision of your life. Nobody wakes up one morning and just decides, I think I'll just throw my life away. I think I'll just cash in all these decades of relationship. It starts with one small step towards the darkness. That's what happens. And maybe today's the day for you to come back from the brink. You know, what John wrote was, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. See, darkness doesn't fight against darkness. Darkness fights against light, and light always wins. Always wins. Every single time. And the battle that you're facing is a battle between darkness and light. And as the old saying goes, you need to run towards the light. That's how God will begin to release you. Now, now, secrets many times lead to sin. Many times they lead to some hidden sin that nobody knows about. But eventually they will. Like eventually they will. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4, Paul writes that no creature is hidden from his sight, meaning God. But all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So, so his point here is you can hide it for a while, but not forever. Like you can hide it for a small amount of time, but eventually it's coming out. What, how you're spending your time late at night when everybody else is asleep, it's coming out. How you spend your time when you're away from the house at the gym, it's coming out. The books are going to get checked. The calendar is going to be revealed. The accounts are going to be laid bare. It's coming out. Now, there's some options for you in that. If you're someone who, who follows Jesus and you're living this duplicitous lifestyle, the most gracious thing he can do to you is to out you. To, to shine the light on it, let it be exposed, let you get caught. And it will feel painful and embarrassing, but it's the greatest lifeline that God would throw you. The greatest lifeline that God would throw you. Another thing that God will do is if he's thrown you some lifelines, there's going to come a point where he's going to stop. And while his hand is on you now, what he's going to do? He's going to do this. And he's going to let you continue in the darkness until you're destroyed. Because that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. But it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. In Psalm chapter 32, David writes about, he has committed some sin, but David writes this. He says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Modern science has, has, has discovered that holding secrets, it's bad for you physically. And this is what David's experiencing. Day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Selah. So what he's saying is, man, you, you had me. I was weighted down. I didn't have any life. I was walking in darkness. 
But then in verse 5, the very next verse, we see the way out. I acknowledged my sin to you. I didn't cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. So you have opportunity to confess. You have opportunity to take the initiative to tell God and to tell somebody. If you just tell God, then it's going to feel like you're just in this imaginary world that's still in the darkness of your mind. But when you tell somebody, and that's when God begins to shine light and it melts like butter, whatever's holding you back. And so maybe today that's, that's a step, you know. Clearly there's some confession to God. How many times have we done something and said, God, forgive me, yet we continue to move into that? But if I tell somebody and I have to ask them to forgive me and help me, different ballgame. It removes it out of, man, the, it removes it out of the you know, superficial and into the tangible. And that's what we need to do. Listen, until, until the king, until the, king, the light of the world becomes the light of your world, you'll walk in darkness. Until the light of the world becomes the light of your world, you will walk in darkness. And listen, there's the promise that you get to walk in light. And there's the promise of a full life. Man, that you don't have to wake up every day wondering about what's going to get found out, what secret's going to come forward, and what's going to happen. You wake up with a clear conscience, and you can just march in today, today with just the light of the world. You can wake up every morning with purpose and meaning and power. Even if you go to a job you may not completely embrace and enjoy, you can know that within that, God's going to use you. God's going to use your life to bear fruit. God's going to use you to impact other people. Man, you can know that when you come home with your family, that you're going to be a positive influence to help empower and embrace people to move into their their future. You're going to wake up and go. And when you come into difficult times, you're going to experience joy that you don't understand. And the peace of God that passes all understanding that is going to shine in your heart because you are following the light of the world whose name is Jesus. Listen, listen, you may be walking through some darkness, needing some direction, man. He's the light of direction. He will light your path. You may be living in some lies today. Listen, he is the light of truth for you. You may be living in some sin. He is the light of salvation. Here's what I love about him being the light. Because he's the light, he has no hidden agenda. You don't have to worry about his response. You don't have to worry if he's going to destroy you. You don't have to worry. He has no agenda other than your life. And so when we come to God, God just wants us to prosper. And Jesus just wants to make us into the people that we were created to become. That is the light of the world. This is the king that we serve. And this is what it means for Jesus to be king. He brings light into the darkness. Let's pray together. So we'll just take a second just to focus our minds. Now, for some of you, you completely know, man, you know that you need to follow the Jesus the King, who is the light of the world. You need to put behind you all of your darkness and all your own ways that you've made Jesus King. You've made yourself King over everything. That You've made yourself King over your finances and your marriage and your job and your future. And you realize there's still more. And you keep waiting, thinking, I can't wait, but you are waiting. And the reality is you just need to follow Jesus today as your King. You know, the way you do that is just to commit your heart to follow him and just pray and say, hey, God, I want Jesus to be my king. I ask him to forgive me of my sins. And I want to help you do that today. And just the way that we do that is just through prayer. So I'm going to say some words out loud that you should pray in your heart. And because you pray them, it means that they're efficient. 
and effective. Dear God, thanks for being a king with no agenda who wants my good. I commit to follow you as the light of my world. Forgive me for my sins. Light my path forward. And you know, as you do that, what the Bible teaches is you immediately begin to walk in the light. Sometimes it's gradually, sometimes it's overwhelming like a Damascus Road experience. You know, and for you, I, what I would like to do is to be able to move it out of the superficial into the tangible. That I'm going to count to three. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. If you prayed that, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand today. It's just a way of making real something that's real in your heart, making it real and making it tangible. So I'm going to count to three. And if you prayed that, I'm just going to ask you just to slip your hand in the air. One, two, three. Thank you. Yep. Gotcha. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Wow, that was a lot. I think we should celebrate that, y'all. Come on. Hey, so let's just pray. Let's keep praying. Some of you, there's this sin. You got to confess it. You got to tell somebody. You got to get it off your chest. You got to get it out into light so it will melt away. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean there aren't consequences. But today you need to do that or you're going to keep going in more and more deeper and deeper darkness. And so whatever that is right now, you just need to confess that to the Lord right now in your own heart. Just say it out loud. God, this is what I'm involved in and I need you to forgive me. Give me a path out. And then you just commit in your own heart today that you're going you're gonna to take that to whoever it needs to be taken to. You may need someone to give you some counsel on how to do that. We'd love to help you. But you just need to resolve that. Maybe there's a thought that you're having, and it's not even sinful, but it's just destructive. And you want God to bring light into that situation. Just ask you to get, take this opportunity to turn it over to him. God, we want to be people of light. We want to be known as people of light. We want people to be drawn to us because of the light of Jesus shining in our hearts. That Jesus would be our king. That he would be the king who lights up our life and lights up our path, lights up our way. God, we're grateful for the opportunity to talk about it. We're grateful that we get to share it with others. And we commit that we will be the light that you've given us to carry to other people. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.